0: Hello, my name is Hugo Prévot, and welcome to episode number 19 of SVGA, your PC Retro Gaming Podcast. Today, we continue our foray into new games that are heavily inspired by old classics. I'm, jo- I'm joined by John Williams. Hello, John. Hi. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Uh, John, you are one of the two developers, I think, currently working on Dorf, which is a real-time strategy game. Could you tell us a bit more about the game?
1: Yeah, uh, it's essentially like a a classic 2.5D kind of Tiberian Sun, like RTS, uh, just kind of born out of the fact that not very many of those games still exist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we wanted to develop something like that. Uh, I'm the artist for the game. Uh, I have a background in 3D modeling, 3D animation. Uh, the other developer, uh, Thomas, he is the programmer. It's all built in OpenRA, the freeware kind of open source recreation of Red Alert. Mm-hmm. But it's it's heavily modified. He's doing a lot of work in uh, uh, CS to create new mechanics for the game that wouldn't be possible in normal OpenRA.
0: And uh, oh, yeah and yeah and you you said, of course it like we said, it's a real-time strategy game where was there a specific reason, I know you you're inspired by the classics, but did you just woke up one day and decided to to to, to put your talents at this use?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it's kind of an idea I've had in my head for a long time. I mean, I remember I would just draw when I was in college, I would just draw, little sketches of like, oh, this would be a cool, I would like, I would like for this to be a game, but you know, it's like, uh, it was essentially just a dream. You know, I didn't really have serious ambitions of that being an actual game, but, uh, over time I, I, uh, when I was taking classes, you know, we, I I took a class where we used unity and I thought, oh man, maybe it's more possible to uh, actually, get this done. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like a huge studio project. Um, and eventually, it, I just came across the OpenRA community, and um, I just thought, oh, this was cool. I, I didn't immediately think this would be cool to make like a, a my own game in, but it was more of a process of seeing how modable it was, mm-hmm. and it, initially the. the the project just started as a essentially just a mod for OpenRA. It wasn't like a commercial, I didn't have like commercial ambitions with it. I just thought, oh, this will just be a fun mod. But it over time, it just I, I realized, oh, I could actually make something with this, I could get more ambitious with this.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh- We said it already, once again, it is inspired by Command & Conquer and StarCraft and other classics from that era. Uh, I'm guessing you you played those games when you were younger?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I played a a ton of C&C and StarCraft. Um, Although it's funny, people always, this is kind of a tangent, but people always say, oh, this looks more like KK&D than (laughs) C&C. Just just something people always throw out, which I I, I played those games a couple years ago, but I I never played them as a kid, and I, I, I see the resemblance, but uh, I it's not explicitly inspired by those games. Um, but yeah, it's definitely more CNC inspired than anything, just because that's mostly what I played mm-hmm. when I was a kid
0: and a teenager. And do you plan to bring back uh, cheesy FMV cutscenes as well? Or Oh, oh yeah. People always ask about that. Um, it
1: would be cool. I would think, uh, I have some, I have a friend who does a lot of 3d printing and like, I I've done a little bit of prop making. I made uh, I guess this is kind of a funny thing to admit, but I used to build like cosplay stuff. Like I I made like a Warhammer Imperial Guardsman. This was like a long time ago. This was like Mm -hmm. 15 years ago. Um, and I thought, uh, you know, maybe that. Factor into it a little bit, but I, I don't think I'll be doing the FMV cutscenes just because. Uh, well, I guess, I guess logistically speaking, I, I have someone helping me doing some of like the high res 3D models. I don't know if you've seen in some of the previews I've posted, but I have uh, almost like StarCraft style unit portraits, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're all done in seat. They're just CG, and it it would just be more efficient just to do CG cutscenes. <laughs> you know, Starcraft style.
0: Yeah, but I guess at the time they were limited in what they could do with, once yeah. again, computer animation and so on.
1: Yeah, all all that FMV stuff from back then. It was really just born of the fact that CGI back then was, like, disturbing looking and expensive. <laughs> but now, now it's just easier just to make, you know, just make something in Maya or ZBrush than it is to actually physically film something.
0: Mm-hmm. And that brings me to my next question, because obviously you wanted to give it a retro feel and retro aesthetic and so on. And uh, and this is why, in part, why we talk today. But it, it, is there also a possibility to be limited? Because today we have a, a bunch more mechanics, for example, that we can use in games. But when you try to... Insert these mechanics into. Uh, you told me it was a modified version of Eponaori, but still, it's based on what was available at the time, in part in the mid '90s. So, is there a time where you will have these ideas that we could do this and that? But the, even if the engine has been modified, it's impossible to add everything you you would want to add into this game. Yeah, I mean, well.
1: Feature creep has been a concern. There's still, there are a lot of mechanics that I want to add that I haven't been able to show off simply because they haven't been worked on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess the game is kind of like a, it's kind of a balance between wanting to sort of pay tribute to those old, like to CNC and to a lesser degree StarCraft, Um, but then also not feel like a just a clone of those games because. I think that's a problem a lot of indie developers fall into a trap that they fall into. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on your perspective. Maybe you wouldn't. Some people might not consider this a bad thing, but where they certain games kind of just feel like a clone mm-hmm. of older games, I and mean, I just I wouldn't want it to feel like I wouldn't want anyone to play this game and to feel like why am I playing this? I could just play C and C. That's just a better game. I could just play StarCraft. Those are better games. So I I, I wanted to feel a little bit like CNC and like some of those old games, but also have its own identity, You know, not just visually or maybe in terms of the art style, but just also in terms of mechanics, because there are a lot of things that I haven't been able to show off yet because they're not completed, but um, a lot of planned mechanics we have that will separate it from other RTSs, or there's things that have been in other RTSs but haven't really been in a CNC-like game. A, a lot of it is just taking ideas from other games and mm-hmm. trying to get it to work into one game.
0: Uh, we said this before, you are a team of two people. You do have a Patreon page, but it's you're not getting $10,000 a oh, month. Oh, yeah. You to create that. Uh, would you describe this as a labor of love?
1: Yeah, um, it's. I would say it's a labor of love, although I'll admit I'm not uh, – uh, how would I put this? Um, I've been in a financial position to basically be able to work on it mm-hmm. for more than I would if I were working full time. Um, and so it isn't – I don't want to come off as just, oh, I'm just working – you know, every every free moment is spent working on this game because people always ask me that, are you taking a sabbatical? I guess in a way I am, but yeah, a lot of what has gone into the game so far has been paying out of pocket for paying, paying Tommy, my programmer, mm-hmm. and also just the cost of not having a full-time job, essentially. Not that I'm not working at all, but it's, yeah, I... But, I, I, yeah, I guess to, to answer, uh, to put it shortly, though, yeah, I guess it would be a labor of love, though, just because, yeah, this is an idea I've had for a long time. Mm-hmm.
0: But I, I wasn't saying that it was necessarily a, a bad thing. It's just that it's there's a lot of cases where people want to, to, to develop their game and... Funding is sometimes hard to come by and so on and so on. And so they are ultimately limited in what they can do. And so I'm guessing it's a good thing in a sense that you can have, you have the possibility to spend more time doing this project and maybe being less afraid to just have to cancel everything because you have to eat. (laughs) That's what I'm
1: saying. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been situations like that. Um, and that, uh, though, it's also why I launched the Patreon is yeah, it's it's becoming kind of a problem because about a year ago, you know, I guess financially I could yeah I could just continue doing this, but now it's sort of like oh I need I need to finance it. Mm-hmm. Also, lots of people have asked oh is there a way I can support this project financially? And I kept putting it off. I kept thinking, well, the game isn't really ready like even yeah. in a presentable way. Like yeah, I have some units, I have some graphics, but there's tons of key systems missing, and I I just kept putting it off. And eventually, just a couple weeks ago, I thought, okay, you know what, enough is enough. I'm just going to make a Patreon, make a quick teaser trailer. The the trailer wasn't very good. It's just kind of some random gameplay footage with fades, but I just just recorded some stuff, threw it into Sony Vegas, and just put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Just, just to have something.
0: <laughs> you also have a Twitter account. This is basically where I found you, actually. Um, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. It's definitely where most people have found the account, have found the
0: game. Yeah, and there's a, have been a few videos posted there. Um, what's the feedback so far?
1: Oh, yeah, well, there's a lot of hype for it. I'm, I, I see a lot of people excited, like, oh, you know, people not that there aren't indie RTS games, but there aren't, there aren't really that many. And then most of them are 3d. I know, I know it's just like a, a purely graphical thing, but I I think there's a lot of love for that kind of like pre-rendered isometric look, like not even Mm -hmm. just for RTSs, but you see, you see a lot of love for like fallout for like Planescape, those, you know, Diablo, those sorts of games. I think it's just an aesthetic that people really like and you don't really see that very often and i i think there's just excitement just over that and there's so many people that i've seen have just like oh this is really cool like um i mean i've had some you know kind of big name people uh uh mandalore gaming uh, found my twitter account i thought that was mm-hmm. really cool he's like oh this is a really cool project you know i'll
0: follow this well, that that's pretty nice indeed, and uh, I mean, let's face it; it has been a difficult, let's say, decade or so for RTS players, uh, finding having good games come out and so on. And it seems like this trend is slowly uh, ending. With I think next year there'll be. I mean, it's all. These are AAA examples, but Homeworld 3 is coming out, Companies of Heroes 3, a uh, few other games like that. Are you, is it inspiring to see that the industry at large is finally coming back to uh, this kind of game? that We, we saw a lot in, of in the 90s, of course, and the beginning of the 2000s, but it then eventually somehow disappeared,
1: yeah, it definitely seems like uh, there's more more of a renewed interest in RTS games now over the past couple of years because yeah there's definitely a lull in RTS games like I think starting in, like the late 2000s mm-hmm. it was like supreme commander was like the last like big big one and uh, I guess tangentially I've taken some ideas from that game too I always liked how uh, how well that game played where you can automate a lot of your a lot of the procedures in the game. So you don't have to micromanage everything, but that's a, an aside, but yeah, definitely uh, Supreme commander was like the last kind of big one that I think a lot of people played. And then after that, they started becoming more, there still were RTS games, but they either weren't very popular or they were more like tactical, like, uh, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, like company of heroes too. I guess that's still like an RTS, but you know, they were more small scale. Or like uh, Dawn of War Dawn of War 2, I think, was also kind of a turning point. Because yeah. that, that's where it moved away from traditional RTS, you know, base building resources, and went kind of all in on like the... almost towards like a MOBA-type game, but with multiple units.
0: Yeah, I see, I see what you mean. Um, and c- going back to your game, um, once I got on the Patreon page, there's a list of features that you want to add or modify to uh uh, to provide a better experience for the players ultimately um how far would you say you you're how far are you in the development of that game
1: yeah that yeah that's kind of a tricky question because people always ask me oh like they they think the game is like oh I, i i'm almost done with the game i just need another month like for some reason people have that impression And Mm -hmm. I'll be honest; it's probably going to be another two years at least. Because again, I'm just one guy. I'm just I'm doing all not all the art assets, but most of the art assets. Mm -hmm. I I have a friend doing some of like the high res character models and some other little things, and then uh, Tommy doing the custom code to add new features. And it's he's also you know not working full time. I mean, I'm I'm paying him. But he can't work on it full time, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, that, and uh, right now he's working on a revision to the uh, the resource system in the game because currently OpenRA it's you know Command and Conquer style. There's only one yeah. resource type. I want to have it where there's multiple types. It's going to get a little more complicated too. There's going to be uh, kind of like almost like a logistics system to the way resources work because we are. I was discussing with him and he he pointed out it's a little strange that rts games despite obviously being based on you know military military battles military history they very rarely include like logistics as a mechanic mm-hmm. even though that's a huge component of warfare so we want to add something with that where i guess to try and put it simply you have a uh in most RTSs, it's like you get the resources in your base and you have them and you can spend them anywhere and they kind of just magically are available for a factory. I want to have it where you do need to actually have a little bit of a logistic system set up so that they're transferred from the fa- from the refinery to the factory. It will be somewhat automated so that it's not like tedious, annoying mm-hmm. gameplay. <laughs> so that we're kind of figuring that out. That out but... Yeah, it's uh, there's certain, like, there's new ground we're trying to tread with some of these mechanics.
0: And is there a risk? You've talked about feature creep before. Is there a risk oh. that you get to a point where... Because, once again, on the list of features you want to add, there's a tunneling system, there's multiplayer, there's three different campaigns because there will be three factions, and now you're talking about logistics. I mean, it, it all sounds very cool. But on the other side, I remember that you are two people on the team, and it's uh, it's something that will take months to dozens or even hundreds of people in a big studio to develop and to 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 put out and i, I i'm wondering if maybe is 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 there a point where you have to choose between ambition and practice pra- sorry for my i'm just sorry for my english there uh big practical there and being ambitious if you see what i mean
1: yeah i understand what you mean uh i guess i guess that's that's a point where it is because you mentioned earlier like this being like a labor of love or a passion project. I, Mm -hmm. I want it, I guess maybe this is just being naive, but I, I, I do want all these features, even if it is in a way feature creep, Mm -hmm. but I I don't know At there, even though it seems like we're kind of moving slowly, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I think we can get all these features in. I mean, it'll still be, you know, another two years, I think, maybe longer, um, just because there are all these other systems we need to add. But I, 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 I yeah, I guess uh, maybe, maybe I'm just being overly ambitious with the game, but it's, there's just all these things I want to see in the game, and I just uh, want yeah. to get it, yeah, just get it done.
0: Uh, I completely understand what you mean. John Williams, Behind one of the two people behind the game, Dorf, real-time strategic conflict. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you for, for the interview.
0: And thank you, of course, to our listeners. Uh, You can catch up on previous episodes on pieuvre.cl. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our host, Balado Quebec. And you can, of course, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. My name is Hugo Prevost. Until next time.